great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. And you're listening to a special Back to Basics broadcast and podcast of the Clark Howard Show. And I do Back to Basics to address issues, questions that come up again and again. And I want to dig deep and Back to Basics with the topic. And this edition is devoted to savings and investing. And when you are a saver and when you're an investor. And what's the difference between the two anyway? I want to talk about being a saver first. Because you should be a saver before you're an investor. And what is the concept when I say that saving and investing are completely different? What is the difference? A saver is putting money in things that if you put in a dollar, when you take money out, you still have a dollar plus whatever it earns. An investor is where you put money into something that you can lose some or all of the money you invest. There are some things that kind of cross the line and can confuse you, but let's start with the simplest concept about why savings is so important. And it's because if you don't have savings, you're not prepared for the oops in life. Because oops happen. All different types, sizes, and a lot of times we're not in a position, in fact, surveys show no matter how the question is asked, seems to be roughly half of Americans cannot handle a simple financial hiccup in their lives. Some part of your car breaks or something in your home needs repairing or replacing or whatever it is that's the surprise. You don't have anything to draw on. That's why having savings in an oops fund or emergency fund or whatever you want to call it is so very important. And it's so easy because now with the online banks, you can tie them into your account at a credit union or at a bank, or you can even just do a savings account at a credit union, really never at a bank because banks treat you like dirt on your savings, except for their cousin, the online banks do a much better job. Online banks right now typically paying... Uh, one and three quarters to 2% interest on simple savings accounts. And those rates are headed higher from there because of what's going on with the Federal Reserve. But what you do is if you're starting from nothing, every pay period, slap 10 bucks into a savings account. And it can be automatic right from the paycheck or automatically from your checking account at the bank or credit union into the savings account. If you use one of the online banks, if you do have an oops in your life or a financial emergency, you can move the money back into your checking account, usually with two days. And it's done all electronically really easily. These online accounts usually require a buck to open an account. Some of them will require $100 to open an account, but usually it's a dollar. There are some geared towards rich people 
that may require 25,000, 50,000, 100,000 to open, but those are the exception, not the rule. So you build up some savings, and if you get really ambitious with having emergency funds, the standard book answer is that you save six months of living costs. What it would cost you if you had no pay at all coming in for six months, that's what you're supposed to save. But to go from saving nothing to six months is self-defeating. You end up feeling overwhelmed and you save nothing. So just start with saving 10 bucks every pay period and let it build up and grow over time. And if you do have a, a oops or an emergency and it takes you off your goal and you have to spend what you've put aside in that savings account, you spend it because that's what it was there for in the first place. Now, I want to add an annex. If you are a rich person, if you make a lot of money, you should look, instead of putting money in one of these online accounts, look at doing a tax-free money market account where you will be exempt from federal tax with the money you have. Because if you're a high-income earner, you could be paying federal tax as high as 37%. And if you go in a municipal money market fund, tax-free money market fund, you won't be paying any of that federal tax on the money you have in that savings. And it's available to you just as readily as the money you have in an online savings account or at a credit union. Luis joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, sir. How are you? Great, thank you. You're looking to help out your son. Yes, sir. What's going on with your son? Oh, I don't know. How many times I tell him to uh, save money and do a Roth IRA or an IRA, IRA, he just looks at me like I'm, you know, I have three heads. (laughs) Well, he's young and he's not thinking about the future. Exactly. And that's what I probably don't have the temper or the patience to explain to him what good would do for him to start at 23. I'm not sure about a Roth IRA, but I just heard you that, you know, a Roth IRA will be best. Well, at 23 years old, a Roth would be fantastic. But if he's not of a mind to save money, he legally controls that account. And if even if you put money in for him into a Roth, you got too much chance he's just going to blow that money. Yes, you're right about that. Well, he keeps throwing me ideas that he wants to buy a house, he wants to buy a thing, stuff like that. So I said, you have to start saving some money. And I guess, you know, I was thinking about helping him with a Roth IRA, at least the initiation. So I just wondering. All right. Can I tell you a suggestion? Yes, sir. If you just put the money in, he doesn't value it at all. What if you offer what I call the daddy match, where you say, okay, you're not really with me on this saving money thing, but I believe in it through and through, and I believe in it so much, son, that for every dollar you'll put up into a Roth IRA, I'll match with a dollar. 
And see, then he's having to be part of participating, and you may be able to bring about a change in attitude because you're doing it together. And if he doesn't want to put up the money, then you've got the answer you needed to know, and that is you're just keeping your money in your wallet and not putting it into an account for him. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I like that suggestion. Because he's, even though what you're saying, I mean, you don't have to convince me. You know, I'm with you completely. I'm, I'm so fierce about trying to get people at a young age to save money for the future. But if he's not ready yet, he, he is living for the now and blowing his money. And you just, it's so frustrating to you to see him throw his money away. You have to let him make that mistake if he won't even take you up on a handshake offer where you're going to offer some form of match to him. Yes, sir. And, you know, I can tell you, you've had many conversations with him where you feel like you're talking to the wall. Yes, sir. Why don't, you make, a, why don't you make a suggestion to him? Well, I'm a parent of three kids. I understand talking to a kid and feeling like I'm talking to the wall, too. Why don't you see if he would be willing to talk to me about this? Okay. And, you know, I could have a chat with him on the air and and talk to him about his future and drill down with him what does really matter to him. And if the truth is he doesn't care about tomorrow, you got to give him the time till he does care about tomorrow and hope that it's not a school of too hard a series of knocks before he comes around to the idea of the future eventually does show up, so you better be prepared for it. Regan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Regan. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you. So you like to spend money. Oh, I like to spend it as quick as I can make it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, so we, we have a special program for you. <laughs> I probably need it. My question is, is um, like I said, I've never really had a – good uh, teacher on how to save money. I have no problem making money. I was just wanting some tips on where you would start. I've, you know, I'm invested in my 401k at work. That's it. All right. So don't say you're not doing anything to save because if you're doing the 401k and you're putting a big chunk of your pay in it, then you're already doing one of the most important things for you to do to get a better handle on money. What percent of your pay are you putting in that 401k? I think I'm at 12%. That's great news. That's without the employer contribution. That, yeah, without, and they match 2.5%. So you're effectively saving almost 15% of your pay. Almost, yeah. So I'll tell you something that sounds crazy. As long as you're not running up crazy debt somewhere, if you're just spending the money you have left over, that's okay. Because you start off with living on only 88 cents of each dollar you make. I'd rather you be in a position where you're putting some money aside for a rainy day, let's say. And if you really want to start getting crazy, you'll put money in a Roth IRA. Okay, a Roth. Love okay. the Roth. But if you, if you said to me that you were saving nothing at work or there was no retirement plan at work and you were living on fumes spending every penny you made, then you'd hear some panic in me. It's not that bad, but, you know. It's worse than what it should be, is what I think. So, Well, but if you feel that way, that means you're ready to make some changes. And so the most concrete change I'd make 
is I do the Roth IRA. Okay. And set it up where money automatically goes in there every month, and you start off with what you feel like you can handle per month, and then as you can, you just increase the amount you're putting into it. Do you have any debts that we should be talking about? No, uh, I've actually not been too bad about running up private debt, like credit cards or anything, but I do have a lot of assets. I've just recently started selling off some of my assets, trying to put money back in the bank. Uh, then, then take some of that money and put it to open up your Roth right away. You can put up to 5500 in it each year. I'd go ahead and do that. Like I said, I don't have a problem making the money. Is there anything else that would better, you know, a long-term goal than the Roth IRA as far as turning? No, the Roth is fantastic. And if you want to, you can increase what you contribute in the 401k at work. Just, you know, I, I hear a lot about all my coworkers. I guess investing their 401k in different ways and making money, and I've heard some lose it too. And I don't really want to get into the losing. Yeah, part. just just be well diversified in the 401k at work. When I say well diversified, you know, broad funds that are available. If there's a target retirement fund where you pick the year closest to when you'd retire, you can just put all your 401k money in that, and then it's all about just getting the contributions done. So I would say that. The fact that you want to save more and you're already saving the 12% means you're at a great starting point and just keep stepping it up and you'll be in wonderful shape with your money. Ted is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Ted, we're going to talk success tax. You are making a great salary. Is that true? Hey, Clark. It's nice to speak with you. That's true. Um, So... From listening to your podcast every day, I know you're a big fan of contributing to a Roth 401k when everyone's offered by your employer rather than a pre-tax 401k, except for very high-income earners. So I happen to be a high-income earner, but I think I might be an exception to your recommendation. So I wanted to share my situation with you and get your opinion if I could. I'm ready. Okay, so I'm 37 years old, and I earn around 140000 per year. And I currently contribute to a Roth 401k because I feel that, assuming I retire in about 25 years from now, that all the earnings on my Roth contributions over those 25 years, which are tax-free, would outweigh the benefit of taking an immediate tax deduction by contributing to my 401k pre-tax. And also, my employer's matching contributions are already pre-tax, so I'll still have two pools of funds to leverage in retirement. What do you think? I think you're right that generally, are you a single filer or are you married? I'm married. And so what's your combined family income? Uh, it's a little over 200. Okay, so that would that would put you in the same tax bracket as if you were single at your 140. The, these are good problems to have, but your decision is correct because you're, what's known as your marginal tax rate, you're right at a point where doing the Roth instead, Roth 401k instead of the traditional is a good decision. Generally, you would have to have a combined family income north of about a quarter million. And at that point, it would make sense for you to do the pre-tax 401k instead of the Roth 401k. So you're doing exactly the right decision. Great. Thanks. I appreciate your feedback. And so you are ineligible to do Roth IRAs. Uh, well, I still contribute to a Roth IRA through the backdoor method that you've explained, oh, okay. and uh, that seems to work out pretty well for you me. You took the words right out of my mouth. 
So you're doing the max you can in your Roth 401k, and you're doing the backdoor Roth. That's correct. You are a crazy saver. Is your wife as much into saving as you are? <laughs> um, uh, we're working on it, Clark. Okay. <laughs> does she have a match where she works? Uh, she does not. Okay. So the, the good news is that you are really into saving for the future. Uh, the work in progress is your wife saving for the future. Maybe you could nudge her to call me and I could encourage her and guilt her into becoming a saver as well because the more both of you are into it the more comfort you'll have in retirement down the road but great for how much you're saving thanks for joining us on the clark howard show where it's about you learning ways to fatten that wallet of yours that's right i want you to learn to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off i want to deal right now in Back to basics, and if you're just tuning in to our broadcast edition, last segment was about how you put money in savings. This is about the concept of investing, something that was not part of what we did for so long, but now is very much a part of what we do on our show, even though we're not an investment show Just because so many of us are put in a position where we're forced to make decisions and choices that we were never trained for. You know, employers eliminating pensions, substituting instead of 401k, and you're like, what do I do with this thing? So as I talk about back to basics, let me deal with some really simple concepts first. Investing is when you're putting money into things that in the short term, at least, you could lose some, much, most, or all of what you invest. So I tend to be all about widely diversified investing where you could have ups and downs, but you're not going to lose everything. And over time, you should make a decent return on your money. Buying individual stocks is something a lot of people love to do, but that's where the risks are greater and the rewards potentially greater too. Uh, You think about somebody who went early into any of the tech companies, how amazingly rich they'd be now from even a small investment. But none of us are capable before it happens of knowing what those successes are going to be. Only after the fact can you look back. So what I'm about is diversifying investing over time and diversifying by what you invest in. And remember, the difference between investing and saving, investing is when you're putting money into something that you may not see back all that you put in. Saving is where you put money into something like a savings account that you'll have more money left after a while than you started with. And in any circumstance, you will protect always what you put in. Savings accounts are parking spaces. Investing is for the long term. And money moves from saving to investing as you get out beyond five years and completely 
past 10 years as your horizon that you're putting money aside. Now, I want to start with the simplest windshield survey of putting money aside. The highest priority is to save for your own retirement. Highest priority. And I said save there. You save money to invest for your retirement. And for most of us, that means either an employer-provided plan or one we do on our own. If you have an employer-provided plan, which roughly half of us do have access to what's known as the 401k plan, we could have a catchier title for that. But anyway, you put money in, and depending on which flavor you buy, a traditional 401k, you get a tax break for putting money in, and everything you have in it later when you retire is taxed 100%. Everything you contribute, everything it earns, you're taxed on all of it. The other flavor that's now available in a majority of 401k plans is the Roth 401k, where you put in after-tax dollars that grow tax-free and they're spent tax-free when you spend the money in retirement. 401ks have a big advantage, usually, because usually they will have an employer match of some amount of the money you put in. Most common match is 50% of what you contribute up to 6% of your pay. So if you put in 6%, the employer matches it with 3 and you got 9. But it can come in a variety of flavors. The people who work on my digital sites get a 100% match. They put up 6%, I match it with 6%. So in, I automatically enroll them. They don't have a choice. They have to go in the plan. They can opt out if they wish, but I automatically enroll them so they'll be participating and saving money for their retirement because I'm like that. I just am so fierce about saving for retirement. So the 401k is the house. Then the question is how you furnish the house. That's where you invest the money. And my default option for you, if you're not really into this kind of stuff, is you'll almost certainly have something called a target retirement fund choice. And it'll be in increments like year 2030, year 2035, year 2040, all the way up to like year 2065. And that year signifies the likeliest time you expect to be able to bag work. And so if you go into, let's say, a 2050 fund, that means that the administrator of that 401k will continually change the mix of investments in it to deal with the proper level of risk for how many years you are away from retirement. When you're young, it'll be very heavily invested in stocks. When you're old, it will be much less invested in stocks, but continue to have stocks in it because even when you retire, you may live another 30 years or so, potentially, and you need the stock exposure to outrun inflation. Now, let's say you're in the half of people that don't have an employer-provided retirement plan. Well, in that case, you can do something known as a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. I have a big bias in favor of the Roth IRA. 
And with the Roth IRA, you put money into it. If you're under age 50, you can do up to $5,500 in a year. If you're over age 50, $6,500 per year. Most people put it in so much money per paycheck, so much money per month. It's your account. It's your money. Now, as I mentioned, you can do a traditional where you get a tax break up front, but everything in that traditional IRA will be taxed in retirement versus the Roth, which is after-tax money that goes in, but all the earnings, everything in it is yours tax-free in retirement. I especially prefer the Roth for anybody under 40 because there are lots of reasons to believe that tax rates are going to be higher in the future than they are now. And I could jump into all those, but I want to continue with the investing thing. And if you're over age 40, if you make a big paycheck, big money, you probably want to do a traditional 401k and get the upfront tax benefit, expecting that maybe even though tax rates will be higher overall later, you in retirement will have a lower income and be in a lower tax bracket. But if you're not a big income earner, even past age 40, you still want to be in a Roth IRA. And in the Roth, you'll have the same kind of choice I talked about in the 401k. You can go into a target retirement fund and let them handle the mix of investments, or you can pick and choose your own funds. Now, with a 401k, you don't get to pick who administers it. Your employer does. And there are low-cost plans, moderate-cost plans, and extreme high-cost and extreme high-cost plans. Same thing's true with IRAs, except you get to pick where you invest your money. And I want you only in low-cost providers. What that means is you pay no commissions for the money you put in, and the management fee for managing your money is tiny each year. To give you a sense of this, if you go to a full commission stockbroker, a bank, or an insurance company, you're likely to pay commissions up front and ongoing massive expenses each year that with a bank or full commission stock brokerage could be above 1% of your money each year being eaten up, and with an insurance company, above 2% of your money being eaten up. If you go with a low-cost provider, you will pay from four one-hundredths of 1% to about 0.20 of 1% per year with no commissions. I have a list on my investment guide at Clark.com of cheap choices, and you may think cheap means worse, but as I've shared with you from time to time, the greatest indicator of how much money you're going to have down the road isn't what investment philosophy there was of stocks and things like that. It's strictly how much you paid in management fees. And so even if you choose to not do the target retirement fund and pick your own funds in an IRA, Roth IRA, the expenses involved with those funds front and center on what kind of wealth you'll have long term. Kathleen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. 
you want to talk about an exotic insurance product that I love. Yes, I'm yeah, I wanted to get some additional information about the longevity insurance. Yeah, this is something that very very few people know exists. It is a neat product that allows you if you're worried that you would outlive your money, mm-hmm. you can buy it at a very cheap premium. You can buy a policy that doesn't pay you anything until you live past an 85th birthday. And then from then forward, it pays a very generous monthly benefit so that you can spend your money while you're living up to age 85. You can get to that birthday and have no pennies left because the rest of your life can be taken care of by the longevity insurance. Okay. Well, I've looked into it some, and what I've been able to find is the minimum investment is $30,000, and you collect, looks like, somewhere between, you know, 700 to to $1,000 a month. Now, that sounds like an immediate, no, that wouldn't be an immediate annuity. I'm trying to think. Um, and you did you get that quote on the web or did you get that from a human? No, I got it on the on the web. The only site I know that has been doing a thorough job quoting longevity insurance online because usually it's a product sold by humans is a website called immediateannuities.com. Is that where you found this quote? Yes, it was it was through that. Okay. Um, so you said you put 30000 in, and then the first year at age 85, you would get approximately uh, $8,500 to $10,000. For the year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So year, right. what they're doing is they're imputing what they can earn on that money over time, what are the odds that you're not going to live past 85, and they just pocket all the money, and then if you're able to take 30000 and generate eight to $10,000 a year, year after year from that point, starting at age 85. That sounds like, uh, just thinking quickly, that sounds like a pretty good return on that $30,000. Well, the only thing is, you know, if I'm 60, so that's 25 years from now. Exactly. $10,000 a year is exactly. not going to be that much. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And so uh, I... I know that that is not going to be enough to live on, which is why generally people would be putting more money into the initial purchase of a longevity annuity so that you can, or longevity insurance, so you can get it done. I would, if I were you, I would sit down with an insurance person who sells longevity insurance policies and have them lay out all the options and see Kathleen if it will work for you and if maybe you do need to devote more money up front to the purchase of it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Charlie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Clark. How you doing? Great. How are you doing? Good. You're looking at getting somebody to advise you on your money. Yes, I'm retired and I, I have a small nest egg. And uh, it's with a bank right now. I just don't feel that the bank is very aggressive and doing well with with my limited amount of money. Well, you don't want to have money that's for the future ever with a bank. Banks right. are only places for parking spaces, meaning exactly. checking that's accounts. Exactly what it's doing. Yeah. So if this is your your nest egg for the future. There's never a circumstance that I've ever heard where it would make sense to have money with a bank or the brokerage arm of a bank, that you want to be with um, with either an independent financial planner that you pay a fee to, or you want to be with a company where you make your investing decisions. Okay. Well, I've tried the individual planner route, and I felt like I was being taken advantage of, so... Well, as long as you hire a fee-only financial planner, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to have somebody who's going to be great at it, but it means that they are working for you and they are your fiduciary. They take no commissions for anything. They're only working for you. They're they're representing Charlie, not themselves. I contacted a fee-only agency, and they emailed me, a very detailed questionnaire to fill out and with very intrusive questions. Estate planning documents, privately owned insurance, bank accounts, investments, they want to know everything. And I'm not willing to share my entire personal life with these people. I just want some advice on investing. Well, actually, that is what a true real financial planner will do is they're going to dig deep and they're going to come up with an overall picture of your financial health or lack thereof and help you come up with a plan for your life and uh, you know with the the depth of the questions it seems really really invasive of your privacy that's right. why you should go meet with somebody for a preliminary session to see is this the person I want handling my money and my future and so if you were to select somebody from you probably heard me talk about Garrett Planning Network and the fee-only financial site that I've got at Clark.com where you can find someone near you. And if you go with a real, true, fee-only financial planner, any of them are going to be as intrusive as you feel this to be. So that's their job. You need that kind of human intrusion in your life. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 